Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Dungeon Masters, do you ever find yourself in the need of a quick quest hook or short adventures? With these 50 notice board quests, you will always have something ready when your characters decide to bob instead of weave. (laughs) Bob's nice. He's a good guy. Hello and welcome, heroes, to the Crit Academy. Uh, I am your host, <laughs> I am your host, Justin. I'm your co-host Ian. I'm your co-host Brandon. Oh, we are really excited today. We hope to inspire you with creative content that you can bring with you on your next adventure. I am super excited for to cover this de- uh, supplement, which was developed by Drop the Die uh, with Dungeons Dragons Fifth Edition tabletop game in mind, but. When they were writing it, their goal was to give only a framework for a potential quest players uh, could or players and DMs could use to involve themselves in. Um, so this pretty much means that the system is actually setting agnostic, which is really really great, making it a powerful tool in any dungeon master's toolbox. <laughs> so with that, um, as we were going through this, first of all, let's talk about some of the merits of having something like this uh, in your toolbox, right? I mean, have you guys ever had players go a direction you weren't expecting? Always. Yeah, every time. All the time. <laughs> happens, happens all the time. So being able to say, okay, um, they're not interested in these three, two or three hooks that I tossed out, so... You have someone else make them for you. Have somebody else make them for you. <laughs> <laughs> well, and it's always good because in a major city specifically, there's always going to be those situations where the um, the there there's somebody looking for people to do some sort of work and it's usually on like a tavern notice board or job board or whatever whatever you want to call it so um when you get into those situations where you can say shit i don't have any they want it they're not interested in this what am i going to do you say well you can always go and check the job board the job board yeah um, Here's some pre-arranged adventures you can put together ahead of time. <laughs> right, right, and there, there, and it's really cool because of that. So um, now this has a bunch of different uh, uh, features in it. Obviously, there's 50 of them. We can't cover all of them on the show, but we're gonna delve into some of the examples that they give and go from there. Consider that also that each nuzzler hook may lead to a much different long-running quest. And their modular nature, I think, only doubles down on this, and the fact that you can go a lot of very different directions with them, which shows you how malleable they are, potentially. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's when you're doing origami and you go to make a crane and you have to make a gator instead. Because <laughs> you done mess up. You want to go back to step four? I, uh, I made a rock. <laughs> now, what is for, this? <laughs> uh, it's for, a rock now. for example, with, with all that, 
uh, one could take a notice to investigate a missing child and become embroiled with corrupted city officials who have begun kidnapping children and selling them to nearby hags to prevent the city's life blood but, apples but from suffering in the wake of a harsh winter. <laughs> God damn. <laughs> See, so that, even in that example, that's really cool because it tosses quite a different, a few different uh, things at us, right? Um, you've got an investigation out the bat because kids have gone missing, so you're going to expi- ex- uh, do the the exploration yeah. and lore aspect of the pillars. Although I suppose it's a comma after life blood. So. <laughs> life blood. Apples from suffering. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's meant to indicate the city's main export is apples, apples? but yeah. our brain lets you like blood apples. Like, so you plant kids underneath an apple tree. And <laughs> that, like, a the city's life blood, the exportation of apples. Oh, that's funny. That's really <laughs> funny. I, I mean, look at that. Just right there, because we didn't know it was a single punctuation, we went two very different directions. And, 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 that's, and that's what makes uh, not just uh, 50 notice boards great, but any sort of supplement that covers this sort of format. Um, it comes with a lot of good, <laughs> juicy, like an apple, get it? Juicy? No? Okay. <laughs> uh, juicy stuff that you can uh, pull and fill in your, your, your game. So, so what do you got? We got apple juice, we got apple butter, we got apple slices, we got apple rifles, we got sliced apples. <laughs> so Apple salsa? A- apple pie. God, you guys are making me hungry. I'm apple already crumbs. Stop it. Apple, is, apple crumb. Oh, is everything you saw with the apples? We're in the orchard, sir. What do you expect? <laughs> so, um, so likewise, it should be just as likely that a a notice board job leads to practically nothing, such as a simple misunderstanding. Honestly, these are some of my favorites. Um, a notice uh, from a mercenary that states his equipment was stolen may have had a drunken night and then left his armor at the blacksmith to be repaired and just forgot about it. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, and, and maybe the, there's even more to it where he fell down the stairs and was injured and his stuff got all dinged and d- dented. So it wasn't stolen. It just was dropped off to be repaired and he had a few too many ales and forgot. So that right there gives us a whole lot to, to deal with because... Even with that one little set of line, you can easily go, oh, yeah, uh, uh, Jacques, yeah, I saw him fall down the end stairs last night. Got a big old... big I've got a big old uh, ding in his chest plate. Uh, last I saw, he was weaving and wobbling over towards the blacksmith, you know? So, uh, that... <laughs> stumbling to the blacksmith and so you can even uh even say yeah i saw him heading that direction and then talk to people so it kind of creates a chain of events with just a few lines of text which uh-huh. is why i think these are awesome so um but well, like i said in a past budget not one the job board was watching an assistant in my alchemical lab who understands that mix carefully does not mean put the cork in the bottle and shake sure <laughs> 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 Um, so with that, <laughs> we've chosen a, a few of our, our favorites out of this, uh, collection of 50. Uh, so we've picked three, obviously, in addition to the few examples we've given. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about them and some of the directions that we would take them because part of D&D is taking inspiration from something that somebody gives you and seeing how far you can take it, right? Yep. So right off the bat, I want to talk say that I love this first one because it specifically says it's written in Dwarvish. On the job board is written in Jorvish. So obviously, A, he doesn't know how to write common. 
Or B, he doesn't want people. B, who... he doesn't want anybody <laughs> yeah. that's not a dwarf, right? Yeah. Um, or somebody that can't speak his language. So that, just in the bit where it says in Dwarvish, gives us a lot to, to go with uh, right out the bat. And I like that because we can take it in any different direction. For me, it, I imagined it was he doesn't want anybody that didn't speak Dwarvish because he doesn't speak anything else. Ian mentioned he just might hate everybody else. <laughs> he doesn't want somebody who doesn't speak Dwarvish to read it. To be involved in it. That's true. Um, and so then it opens up. It says, Klansman, heed my warning. So he obviously cares about his people because he assumes the person reading this is what? Yep. Dwarvish. A dwarfish. Yeah. So. Now think about how when uh, Martin Luther nailed his 95 to the door, he actually put it in there in Latin so nobody could read it. But then some merchants translated from Latin to German. <laughs> and, <laughs> okay. and distributed it among everybody. That's kind of how it happened. Yeah. Um, it says, <laughs> the owner of the Bright Kettle Tea House is a dwarf-hating maniac. That's part of the reason why he probably wrote it in Dwarvish. So he gave us, not only did he give us a place, which has got a cool name, the Bright Kettle Tea House, but also, we now have a racist maniac involved. <laughs> or maybe two. Or Yeah, or more, more than one. Ooh, I like that, a whole family of them. Uh, I'll drink to the dwarf who posted it. Oh, okay. Uh, so, uh, Lorista Herkel, the proprietress, has been responsible for no fewer than three missing dwarves that ignored my warnings and took sup at her business. I wish she didn't get drunk one other way. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's a that maybe that could be the misunderstanding, right? He thinks they're disappearing, but they just get so tanked and hammered by her stuff. That they just wander away and never come back. <laughs> I like that. That's good. Um, and if you got any ideas in chat about how which directions you would take any of these, please let us know. Um, it says, I know what she does with them or where they end up. Or I, I do know not what she does with them or where they end up, but gone as sure as a candle's flame. What's been snuffed out. So, uh, so he's he, just assuming that he's yes. she's killing his friends. So he yeah. doesn't. He really doesn't know. He says, "If you have the mind to see to the bottom of it, find me outside the place any waking moment. Moradin guide you. Bresh Goldspinner. Yep. Turns out we did the investigation. See how nothing to do with it. Turns out the ship captain was Shanghai drunk people. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. So she has nothing to do with it. They're getting drunk. They're going out by the by the um, by the docks. By the docks." And there is a, uh, a a slave master who's just scooping them up because they're all tanked and can't walk. <laughs> or he just say, "Hey, you want some more ale? I got some." They're like, "Yeah!" <laughs> they just waddle on, and they they by the time they're they're sober, they they've been kidnapped. <laughs> and, and this lady's not even involved at all. Um, that's really interesting. What do you think, Brandon? Well, well she's super involved in using uh, her her brew is actually a potion, turning everyone to like mice or something. Or it might have a Sweeney Todd thing going on here. <laughs> Yeah, okay. I can oh, that. God. <laughs> I, don't, Sweeney I have Todd. not seen Sweeney Todd. You want some of my meat pies? <laughs> you haven't seen Sweeney Todd? What part of I have not seen that didn't you get? The whole thing. You need to watch it. <laughs> I have not seen Sweeney Todd. Oh, my God. Sorry. Mm, meat pies. <laughs> meat pies. That sounds gross. Um, the so, they're delicious. So there's, <laughs> so there's a couple different ways we can take this, and I kind of like that because we potentially have a racist. Maybe she's not involved. This guy suspects she's involved. She, uh, um, it really goes a lot of different ways, and I think that that uh, is something. Uh, a, 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 a that's what makes these unique. I think. I also love that it gives us an NPC, a couple NPC names too, that we can pull off to fill a fish out of flesh out our worlds um because maybe you need a town you could pick one of these it gave us a name 
They gave us some important NPCs and some events that are going on. Yep. That's fucked up. Getting bad things like they could be uh, encountering something that charms them to dig or mine nonstop until they die. Oh, that is hot. I like that a lot. I mean, just one simple quest hook, we went in so many directions very fast. Yes, and that's kind of the, the point that we're trying to trying to make with some of these. Uh, Ooh. That really makes a difference. If you do pre-make some quests ahead of time, maybe you make more than one for a job posting, and you roll for which one you, 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 you run. I like that. Especially if you run lots of games for lots of people all the time. Mm-hmm. That's good. <laughs> all right, who wants to, who want, who's oh, got the next one there? I do. My daughter has signed up with the Blazing Fist Mercenaries. Oh, that was a mistake. Cool name. Uh, they fought a big <laughs> battle against some inhuman creatures outside of town. And I just know the worst happened. I can feel it in my bones. She's not come home or sent word. The bodies are still out there in the sun. People are too scared to go leave them to rest because those creatures are still out there. Any cell sword that helps me find her in that mess and lay her to rest can have her dowry and my prayers of safety for as long as I draw breath. Makana or la. Okay, I like this one a lot. So, my daughter signed up to be a Blazing Fist mercenary in, uh, that's in, that's in, uh, Never, Winter, Waterdeep. Yep. Was it Waterdeep or Never Winter? Didn't say it. No, but the, the Blazing the Fist. Blazing Fist. Where were we in Avernus? That oh, city. What city um, was that? Baldur's Gate? No. I think it was Baldur's it was Gate. Baldur's Gate, yeah. yeah. In Baldur's Gate. So now we're building off a specific setting in this case, which I think is really good, especially if you like it. And now we've got a concerned dad, right? Yep. But we don't know the conditions. Or mom. Or mom. Well, McCon- yeah, I guess McConnell's probably a female, huh? Maybe. It could be. <laughs> thanks, thanks. We'll go with that. Gender? I did. I didn't <laughs> do that. Uh, <laughs> um, so, uh, so we got some good stuff here, and it says, uh, they fought a big battle against some inhuman creatures outside of a town. Um, doesn't say what it is. Which gives you a lot of options right, right there. Especially if you've got a campaign theme going on already, um, which it is great. Could be orcs, could be zombies, could be uh, various undead, could be some otherworldly creatures. There's a list! Things you may not have used before, which I think is really cool. Ooh, or a, uh, uh never mind. <laughs> what about you, Brandon? Well, I'm looking at this and reading and saying, the bodies are still out there in the sun. And people are too scared to go lay them the rest. And those creatures are still out there. What if the creatures aren't above ground? Oh, some graboid shit right there, man. Yeah. Purple, oh, I like that. Purple worms. Purple, purple worms. worms. Oh, yes. Nice. Those ant kegs. Big giant uh, insectoid things that pop out of the ground. And Oh, I like that. So um, so we can even expand on this uh, uh, even more. Uh, she's not come home or sent word. So this suggests that she's always sending word, right? So you could even, as a dungeon master, write up a few uh, short um, messages home to flesh out this person who's missing, uh, depending on how you want that character to behave. Or the person's not dead, they just can't send letters home for one reason or another. That's also a good one, I like that. Like if they plane shipped or tossed through a portal or kidnapped or what have you. <laughs> Stuck on Ravnica. <laughs> also you can watch our bi-weekly uh, podcast of plane shifters where our players have accidentally ended El Terrell and themselves in Ravnica. Sorry. <laughs> Shameless plug. Shameless plug. Well, okay. Uh, or, the other one was that they're mercenaries. Yep. So they may not even be around in that specific area anymore. They could be like hundreds of miles away. Mm-hmm. Or maybe the postman got shanked. Or the posting gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> um, yep. It is interesting. Go and getting bad things says might not be a thing that was fought outside of town. 
Concerned father could just be sending you after her to bring her back home after she ran off with a lover he doesn't approve of. Ooh, I love that. And they joined the mercenary group together. Maybe he was like a or maybe, maybe he they was were like a, a mercenary. Huh? Maybe he was a mercenary. Ooh. And he said, come with me because I'm leaving. Okay, I like that. So this is already going some interesting ways. Some it does touch on the shit. fact that the people are too scared to lay them to rest. So there is, there is uh, a potential battle here. There is, you know, disaster um, and something to be addressed. But maybe that's the start of it. Um, she's not there. And maybe, let's go with the Graboid thing, maybe she's been taken. Maybe wow. she's, you know, uh, <laughs> waiting to come out the other side of a purple worm. You know, there's a lot you can do with this as a Dungeon Masters. And it does say that any uh, cell swords that, you know, help the the m- mother or whoever this is find them um, in that mess and help can help lay her to rest, we'll have her dowry. So that expands our quest options even more, right? Because mm. what's to say is going to be in the dowry. To me... That instantly screams uh, family heirlooms, right? Yep. Uh, or or Garland says, or she was a mercenary the entire time, but when her father found out, she dragged her lover into the mercenary life. Ooh, these are good. I love this. There's a lot going there. Yeah, and, but, but that's lot. the point of these, right? Is yeah. They're mm-hmm. only like five sentences long, but there's so much packed into them if we just think about how we would approach it. There's a reason why they're vague. Yes. <laughs> it, and that's the kind of, you say vague, but they're specific and vague at the same time. It gives oh, you a so very weird. specific <laughs> scenario. It just doesn't tell you the details of that scenario, which allows us the versatility to go with it in any direction. I can see myself using these same job hooks and ending up with different adventures every time. Oh, yeah. Which is really great. Um, and I'm, I'm really hung up on the dowry thing. I think that could be a lot of fun, especially if it uncovers something. Like, maybe they aren't interested in this. Oh, a dowry. I don't care about that. But maybe as the DM, you decide, well, that dowry contains a artifact, a magical weapon or something that's like, you know, an heirloom that none of them know how to use. Or maybe it's a cow. Or maybe it's a oh, cow. Oh, God, that would be hilarious. <laughs> a magic cow. <laughs> <laughs> Not even a magic cow, just a cow. Moo. Well, I guess that would make sense for, like, farmers and stuff, right? <laughs> yeah. Because that's what they do. Their dowries are sheeps and clothing and, and stuff like that. So, anyways. <laughs> <Big> Beth. <laughs> Where's that? She's out back. What are we going to do with that? Uh, that's a good month's worth of food right now. <laughs> or, or a uh, creature of burden. Carrying your shit. All right. Uh, I think that'll oh. do it. What? what? Uh, Zents. Waterdeep. Yeah, we were, you were talking about the Blazing Fist. Yeah. That just popped in my head. Yeah, uh, yeah, The Zentarum yeah. or Waterdeep. Okay, and then the Blazing Fist are in uh, Baldur's Gate. So, uh, and Brandon, you've got one here. Do you want to tell us a little bit about this one? <laughs> yes. Those who appreciate the finer things, antiques, magical items, Ooh, paintings, yes. and masterwork jewelry uh, should attend the Aud Mysteriri. What? I would say that's how you say that. It's a gala. Mysteriri Gala. Open from sundown to midnight until the end of the 10-day. Entry fee is 50 gold. And uh, those interested in employment as staff or security may reach Stathos Zvet. Zvet. From sunup to midday at the gala's entryway. Payment is 5 gold per person per day. 15 gold at the end of the 10-day should no complications arise during the festivities. Uh, Sincerely, Stathos Zvet. Oh, I like this one. Or... (laughs) One thing this can actually be used for is what your kids are doing during, during your downtime. Ooh. How they earn money. Oh, that's interesting. And then you roll to see if something happened or did not happen. That's cool. I like that. So let's uh, let's break this down. Those who, So you're going to a gala, right? They're basically showing off all these objects, right? Yay. Um, and it's open from sundown to, sun, to midnight. 
Um, and so we have a time frame and a timeline that we can work with. So as a dungeon master, we can say, okay, I want some events to happen. They're going to happen on this particular timeline. And it's going to happen almost regardless of what the PCs do, right? right? Unless they directly impact that particular event. So that's something that I don't see a lot of. Yep, the following 10 day, when you like get picked up the local newspaper, a fire breaks out due to a brawl the Ad Mysteria Gali. <laughs> oh, okay. That's cool. Where'd you get that from? No, I'm saying because they didn't take the job. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. So, so, you, so, so you got to me. So part of the thing that's really cool with this is because there's a timeline, if the players don't take any action, you can utilize that to say this event occurs. Um, it also talks about masterwork jewelry. You know what that says to me? Uh, Thieves. Yeah. yeah. And I was just thinking that. I was like, why would you want to have a gala with all this stuff from sundown to midnight? That's a terrible time to have a gala. <laughs> like right, like right there between noon and like three. <laughs> Dark everywhere. Yeah. I just pictured as a possible anti-thief device. The jewelry are set on top of like various podiums or stands. Mm -hmm. So podiums or stands are mimics. <laughs> oh, dude, that's hot! So when they go to grab it, they touch it. And they're stuck to it. Guardian mimics. Oh, it, that's amazing! And it eats them. <laughs> I need. I need this now. I need this event in my life. Because I think that's awesome. That's what you get for stealing a schmuck. <laughs> so, so let's go. Let's go a little farther. The fee to enter is what fifty. That is gold. so much for most people. That's it a lot. Is so much, and because of that, a lot of people won't be able to just get in. But I think this is a perfect opportunity for the characters who have uh, the magic spell to alter self and masters of the disguise kit and voice manipulation. This whole scene really allows that. Um, alter ego type, you know, rogue or thief to really shine uh, in it's their. It's uh, gonna be a gold mine. It well, is because with fifty gold as an atrophy, you can automatically assume that it's all gonna be high class. Yeah, well, everyone yeah. in there, which means they're gonna be wearing jewelry too. Like, what do they say the economics were that a gold piece is how much a uh, peasant makes in a, in a month or something like that? Like a week, I think. But yeah, yeah, which just says how expensive uh, uh, that this is to enter. So, Shit. old Henny says, "Is an event to keep an eye on the rogue." Held an oath intensifies. Garwin says <gasps> the event is designed to capture thieves. The town has been having a problem with them, with the Thieves Guild, and they organize this as a trap. Garwin, this is awesome. You need to get on writing books. Right. <laughs> uh, uh, getting bad at things says the gala is actually there to show off the mimics, not the bling. <laughs> that is awesome. <laughs> and you can tell when the thief tries to grab something because you hear it. Ah! Yep. Okay. <laughs> Yep, it turns out the nobles in the spirit time are mimic breeders, and this is actually oh my their, god! And this is their show to display them. <laughs> that, that, that writes itself. <laughs> the get the gal is a dog show for mimics. <laughs> oh my god, that's fantastic! <laughs> See how well my mimic can work. So let's <laughs> so let's talk about that. So they're interested in employment as uh, staff and security. Uh, can reach out to this person. What if they don't tell you that? Like, I want to stick to the mimic thing because this is awesome. <laughs> and they don't and, tell and you. And they don't tell you. They just say, don't touch anything. Don't bump into anything. Don't do anything. And you know one player is going to be like, poke. Touch. And then they're going to get stuck. Because <laughs> for those who don't know, the mimic's uh, body is super sticky. Uh, and it gets you get stuck when you touch it. So it basically leaves you in a grapple. Oh, okay. Go around so you can it. Touch, touches the podium. It's like a bunch of eyes open the it. Oh, crap. <laughs> <laughs> My thing would be funnier is the, the actual realization of everything. They're like, they touch it and they get stuck. Like, oh, and it looks at them like you said. And they go, 
Oh my god. <laughs> oh my god. They're everywhere. Oh my god, that's good. That's the backup security uh, system. <laughs> getting that since I would be that player. <laughs> so for me, this is a really great one. And this just goes to show how versatile these things are. Once we started tossing around ideas, it just built on itself. And I think that's really what makes a great um, short quest hook. And, and in this case, job posting or notice board quest. Or the whole thing is a trap for adventurers so they can participate in games for the wealthy. Death games. <laughs> Dude. I may have watched Squid Game this past week. <laughs> Alright, so we're running out of time here, so I want to get to this last one. Um, this is actually one of my favorites, believe it or not. It's also the shortest. It has written in parentheses, commoner scribbles. So once again, we're targeting not, uh, we're coming close to a very specific language or details that are unique to a particular person. So <laughs> The spelling? The nope. spelling is horrible, by the way. <laughs> It says, "Oh, no, my old master, I uh, beg ye, me youngster child's are shaking like a hot like a fair. I cannot pay ye, but not for the prayer in the place to lay your head for the rest of uh, your life. Help me with the little one. It's in a different I uh, script. His name's Handbin." <laughs> so basically, uh, so it's really hard to read because it's broken. It's very badly broken. But basically, it says um, his kid is shaking uh, like a hot fire. He's got uh, a fever. He's, yeah, he's yeah. he's he's sick. Um, but he obviously can't write himself because it says shows in a different hand and it's signed with this person's name. Uh, and it's all discombobulated. No, noble is N O B I L. Like, in, um, like fire is in, you know, fire is spelled F Y R E. So even this little bit of scribbling brings about the personality that this character has. Um, and it's really interesting. And it being on the job board suggests that this person probably doesn't have any money. Um, they probably have no reward. You notice it doesn't actually say anything about a reward. So if anybody takes us, they're going to be taking it there out of There doesn't need to be a reward. Why? Why? Because, look at the context of the words. I cannot pay ye, not but a pay, payer is probably supposed to say prayer. That's what I think <laughs> Because they can't spell uh, p- prayer and a place to lay your head for the rest of your life. Because the rest of your life is when you meet him. What do you mean? He uh, kills you. He kills you. Oh my god, that's fucking genius! He does it on purpose. He's an assassin! (laughs) (laughs) I'll give you a place to lay the head for the rest of your life. And when you're sleeping, you're attacked in the middle of the night. Oh my gosh. Uh, Oh, thank you for typing that out. My kid has a fever. Did you try moving them away from the fireplace? Oh god. (laughs) It just turns out he's really stupid. No, let's go back to the assassin thing. That's so much, that's so cool. Now it comes up like the old bunch over the punch right. It's like, Doctor, it hurts everywhere I touch. What's wrong with me? Your finger's broken. (laughs) (laughs) Oh yeah, this finger. Oh my god. (laughs) Every time I touch it hurts. Um, so, uh, the, the, the thing that's really cool about this is I can totally see, like, the Zentarum or an assassin's guild, uh, plea, uh, Yanking on the heartstrings of the do-gooders and using it to set up an ambush. Hey, come here! I like, got some oh my god, this is awesome. <laughs> Anyways, obviously you can go a long way with all these different notice boards. Yeah. Um, I absolutely love this product. I consider you checking it out. Drop the die, really hit the ball out of the park with this one. Um, to my understanding, they might have actually released a second one too, if I recall. So, um, is there anything else you guys want to say about notice boards before we? Uh, Move on. Any other benefits I, I, aside from what we've already discussed? 
that this I've heard a lot of supplements, but this one by far is probably on my favorites list because yeah. it's so hard to come with stuff off the top of your head when you're like, oh, they don't want to go over here, they don't want to go over here. Go look at the job board. Yeah, I got some something for you. Yeah. I like it. Didn't you re- you read one you read one and dropped one in the Facebook <laughs> Facebook page that had me hacked it off. Do you remember what it said? Yes, it was. Uh, Oh, uh, yes. It was uh, Helm's Helm. It's a uh, blacksmith who makes armor. And he says, hey, are you an adventurer? Would you like some gold? Um, come earn a week's worth of gold uh, for standing at the wrong end of my crossbow for one minute. because <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's testing his he's armor, testing but his he, needs, he needs a dummy. <laughs> That's awesome. All right, I think that will do it for our main topic today, you guys. Uh, 50 notice board quests. You can find the link in the thing down here uh, below. Um, if you want to pick it up and support Drop the Dice content, uh, please do. If not, you've got some samples here that you can run with. Um, with that, um, before we move into our honor tips and tricks, I'd like to take a minute to let everyone know our Extraordinary Expeditions Modular Adventures for 5th Edition game, our Kickstarter, is now live. Let's talk about the fact that we are not even a week in and we are at 50... That, that's awesome. I wish it was 50,000. <laughs> right, no. It's, uh, we, are at, we just surpassed 50%. Uh, we are on our way, uh, hoping to, to fund... Honestly, I just ran a, an adventure yesterday called the Alluring Mesas. And my players, uh, you can watch the stream, actually, on the update page, I think, for Extraordinary Expeditions. Uh, my Basically, what happens is they're in an area like Thousand Needles of world of warcraft where there's giant mesas and they're all little towns are connected and people are disappearing and they're disappearing and being jumping off of cliffs well it turns out that <laughs> after the investigation the players learn they're not jumping off cliffs they are being lured by harpies to their death off the cliffs and so my players had to fight harpies on the top of a mesa as they're being drawn to the edge to their death what a bunch of assholes what was so much fun about it is the harpies barely attacked at all. All they were trying to do is grapple and fly away with the players. And for the first time, my players used nets. They tied themselves off to, to rope with rope to, to boulders. And, oh, it was so much fun. Um, and I cannot wait for it to go live and get published in the book <laughs> for more people to run uh, our extraordinary expeditions. Mm-hmm. If you want to give it a, sh- a check out, you can actually head on over there in the link. Uh, that's been po- popping up below at our Kickstarter, and get a free Far Touched, which has the players making a deal with an obelisk. So potentially, potentially. Well, they can't kill it. So, well, I guess it depends on how many magic items you've given them. Yep. <laughs> so, no, let... well, well, actually, obelisk can't die. That's the entire thing. Huh? Obelisk can't die. They did not know that. Huh. All right, that'll <laughs> do it. How about we move on to our honor tips and tricks? Hey, D&D players, do you love D&D? How about an actual play with phenomenal stories and daring characters and a great story? How about a D&D 5e story that launches you into a sci-fi world where the players discover lost astronauts, disappearing spaceships, battle robotic beastmasters, delve into lost planetary ruins? Well, then you need to check out the Homebrew Podcast. This fantastic D&D actual play takes your D&D experience into space. 
join these characters through their trials and tribulations, as well as their hilarious shenanigans. Be with them when they pick up their first spaceship at Old Honest Jim's used spaceship emporium clearance yard. You should head on over and check out the Homebrew Podcast on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you find your podcasts. And now, what you've all been waiting for. Our Unearth Tips and Tricks segment, where we bring you new and reusable material for both players and DMs. First off, we have our character concept, Ethel, the school marn. Her physical description is, fire on the mountain, look for Ethel. Lightning the air, yeah, that's her handiwork. (laughs) Gold on them hills, not for long. Six foot eleven of pure, no nonsense, get her done determination. Ethel <laughs> <laughs> Schoolmarn is a half work clerk of light domain that exudes the power and strength of authority in a way that few others can match. <laughs> her pious peers do Lathander's work with maces and warhammers. Bless their hearts, they try their best. Ethel? Well, she only needs her oak rod. Her eyes of steel, and a not so subtle flare of her nostrils to <laughs> return near duels and scallywags to, to the path of the light and to buck up good little boys and girls in the notion of doing good for good's sake. <laughs> for her personality, fire and stone in flesh and bone. Ethel's heart is light as a sun ray and just as golden, too. If she weren't such a bastard. <laughs> <laughs> she would be a muse of poets everywhere, but she's a real bastard. For Ethel, right is all that matters. Come hell or high water, if it ain't right, just try and hold her back. No, actually don't. Yep. Alright, for history, okay, well, let's try this with a few examples. How about Duke Snootington's thought his uh, craft didn't stink? <laughs> he treated everyone like a rebel that they were. That is until uh, Gold Ethel, the school marm, caught him uh, berating a humble footsman. So what's Ethel to do? Hey, you Mr. Fancy Pants, you better sit your arse down and sit down right now. Mister, before I come and sit down for you. And she did. <laughs> she walked away over to Duke Sno- Snootington and set him down right on his keister in front of the whole square. Do you know who goes to Temple every ten day? Yep. The Duke. <laughs> yep or do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Shit. Okay. Uh, okay. You know what I mean. And then one day, some funny ogres come a-stumbling into her schoolhouse like they're gonna start trouble. They're crashing desks here and there, and pressing ham on the chalkboards, and <laughs> leaving half-moons everywhere. Whack! 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 Them ogres part their hair to the left, to a one, and nearly graduated to grade. Go and figure. <laughs> and some uh, jack wagon tiny wizard tried pushing himself along with the Elmer the sh- shopkeep. Oh boy, did he get a licking. He tried a hoodoo do in here, and boy, did she call down some Lathander on that poor sucker. What's her history? She keeps folks, animals, and things in checks, y'all. Her motivation? Following the words and making sure a none of hers go astray. And a knocking the tar out of those that give her and her kin some uh, sass mouth, turkey talk, or monkey squawk. 
It's Lathanter's Way or No Way. Not even the highway, mister. Uh, huge shout out to the Beverage Tea who submitted this to us. Yep. Um, I was really concerned that it would be too oh, long. Oh my god. Um, and long-winded, but it was just so funny I had to include it. This uh, struck me as a uh, half-orc who shows the impact of their God's Word. Yes. <laughs> ah, the knuckle crunch, I love it! <laughs> so th- this is literally a nun with a ruler, but... <laughs> Bitch, slap you with a roar. Okay. Uh, I love this character concept. Thank you so much, uh, the beverage tea, for submitting Ethel the school marm. I'm going to be honest that this character made me think of uh, Beverage's character on the uh, uh, play by post. Mm -hmm. And what we're going through is like, this sounds a lot like Beverage Tea's work. (laughs) And exactly it is. All right. That'll do it for our character concept. Uh, our monster variant today is the shield guard. So how do we build the shield guard? Uh, so let's be honest, the guards all uh, get used often as local town defenders and stuff, but they're pretty much boring-ass stat blocks, so we're gonna do better. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry! Attila the Nun! (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god, Attila the Nun! (laughs) Yep. Oh my gosh, that's glorious! <laughs> Alright, so how do we make the, the shield guard? You're going to start with this typical stat block of the guard. We're not going to need to change it at all. We want to keep it at that low CR rating so heroes feel like they can kick the ass of every uh, every uh, guard that shows up. But we're going to give it some new features. We're going to give it shield slam. If the guard makes a spear attack on its turn, it can use a bonus action to try to shove a character or a creature within five feet of it with its shield. So we basically gave it the shove action as a bonus action, which is nice. We're also going to give it shield bulwark. If the guard is subject to an effect that allows it to make a dexterity saving throw to take only half damage, it can use its reaction to take no damage if it succeeded on a saving throw, imposing its shield between itself and the source of the effect, Uh, which is awesome. It's great stuff. Um, increased defensive. And then we're going to give it reaction weapon lock. When a creature wielding a melee weapon makes an attack against the uh, shield guard and is within its reach, the guard can use its reaction to make a melee attack. On a hit, the attack deals no damage. Instead, the guard locks the weapon of the creature and both are grappled. Neither the target or the guard can make attacks with these weapons. The creature can use an action to make a contested grapple check to break free. The guard can end this feature at any time as a bonus action. But so, the guard has a weapon in his other hand. Ah, well, they might. They've got, I think they only technically have a spear, but you can... Shield. Well, okay. They start beating their face with the shield. Weapon. But anyways, yes. that too. Fist. <laughs> Drop your shield, though. So, uh, this is designed to do a couple different things. But mostly, it's designed to increase their utility. They're not just... Um, We're not increasing their damage, but we are increasing their survivability a little bit without increasing their hit points. With the shield bulwark, they now take no damage when they succeed on a saving throw hiding behind their shield, um, which is really good. Being able to knock an enemy prone is a huge advantage when you're surrounded by melee targets, right? Uh Because that advantage, once they're to the ground, is horrible if everyone gets to attack you. And then, of course, the weapon lock can stop a vicious assault from hurting other people, making it give it some control. What do you guys think about this? I don't think you see enough defensive features or monsters that play with it nice with their teammates very often. Yeah. And 
I do believe this is a build that can help out with that. Yeah, and that's kind of what I was going for with this. What do you think, D? I think it says uh, a better threat to players who like the screw realm guards. Yes, yes. Yeah. Without actually making them physically stronger. Yeah. Which is a big one. You you have a player who attacks and they get locked. You got another guard coming up and they're already being arrested. Yeah. Yeah, and that's and that's part that's part of it. But it also makes them more interesting in combat against enemies that are rushing in. Um, I do like the idea. We got a couple comments from Garwin Gar, uh, about doing dropping ball bearings or cow traps at their feet too. Um, so you can do a lot with this once you have them weapon locked. You can give them other options or alchemist fire. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I think that'll. You guys got anything else for this? No, no. Um, I do want to uh, say that uh, every week that I write these up. I do get have some wonderful art, a full backstory, and some knowledge checks that you can feed to your players when I publish them to our Patreon. So consider maybe uh, checking some of the checking that out. Um, help support our show and all the bills that come with this fiasco. <laughs> I thought you were going to say bullshit. <laughs> uh, Brandon, would you like to tell us about our encounter of the podcast? Our encounter is called uh, a Guardians Search. Uh, the characters' minds have, feel the telepathic touch of the feathered serpent. Quez, what the hell is that? What? Quetzal? Quizzicottle? Quizzicottle? Don't you ever play Final Fantasy VIII? Quizzicottle. It's not a cockress. It's not a cockress. It's a quaddle. Okay, Quizzicottle. <laughs> an elderly quaddle. Quizzicottle has been a guardian of House Elvire's Shadow Well. Uh... A character who succeeds on a DC-18 intelligence, arcana, or religion uh, check knows the creature is a quaddle. Benevolent celestial garden, gardens, guardians and caretakers <laughs> created by a god not worshipped since the dawn of time. One that's name has been forgotten two times. Quizzicottle is aware that his end is near. Oh, that's sad. Since he is bound to protect the well, uh, let's... Let its barriers be broken and set loose a plague of shadows that has been sealed there. What a dick. For this reason, he seeks out any who would be willing to help him locate another quaddle so that he may produce an offspring to pass on his duties to. Double dick! <laughs> Quizzicottle has been protecting this well for thousands of years and hasn't gone beyond a few miles from it since the task was assigned to him. Because of this, he is not aware of the location of any of his rare kin. Nice. <sighs> the characters must use powerful resources such as the sage's researcher background, cleric's divine intervention, divination spell, or similar features to learn where they might locate a quaddle. Uh, who may be interested? Hmm. The details of this search are at the GM's discretion. In exchange for your assistance, the Quaddle will provide the characters with the location of a powerful item that will summon the spirits of powerful warriors to aid them in combat, also known as the Horn of Valhalla. Okay, probably can't be like, yeah, plot twist. It turns out this, this information is hundreds of years old, and the Avengers <laughs> already got it. <laughs> Check it a few centuries back. <laughs> they get there, and it's already open. It goes, like, what the fuck? damn. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a great plot twist. Um, so and one that probably piss players off. We'll be real here. <laughs> <laughs> so I really uh, like this encounter. It's something more than just a kill quest. Um, usually, uh, quests involve us, you know, chasing down and attacking some sort of monster or enemy or stealing from them. This is your seeking out a very di- diplomatic kind of solution. Hey, this guy over here needs help. 
I love that this douche assumes that the other Kodo have nothing to do <laughs> but to come take over his duties or at least mate with him or whatever. But uh, it's a matchmaking adventure, which I found I find very interesting. But it doesn't have to be. You can also blackmail the, the characters, the, the Quaddle, too, to help. So you can take it a number of different ways. What do you guys think? It's not fair. Why? <laughs> because he, he's trying to get a mate to have a, ch- a child to pass on his responsibility to the child. It's like, hey, you're going to spend the next thousand years within this two-mile radius, and you can't leave. Isn't that kind of what parents do anyway? No! <laughs> <laughs> I guess. What do you think? <laughs> There's definitely not directions you can go with this. Like, let, let's say like you, they establish this as a very rare creature. Yeah. And let's say, for example, you <laughs> just simply can't find them. God damn it. So, <laughs> no, we're bright. Um, <laughs> But, so maybe you try to find some alternative means to guard this well, or some be it like, ritual, curse, seal, some other creature, mm-hmm. and so forth. And I think that's a good idea and thing to think about, too, is the fact that we talk about it being a finding another quaddle, but it doesn't necessarily have to be. No. You just need to find and seek somebody that's willing to accept that uh, responsibility. And I could see uh, uh, an agreement being made to a wizard who's looking to become a witch and needs a place to hang out for a few thousand years. Okay. Wow. Okay. Maybe that's a little darker. This went from matchmaking to just chaotic evil. Let's uh, <laughs> let's go ahead and create a lich. Why the fuck not? We came up with a solution. What's that? Uh, take the well and fill it full of cement. But nobody shadows. can get it. <laughs> Can't shadows get through uh, cracks? Hence the cement. No cracks. Over time. Oh, uh, maybe. Temporary solution, I guess. I don't you know. have to use a lot of cement. Which would make for a great encounter for later. Oh, it's thousands yes. of years later, and shadows are starting to appear, but why? And you place a magic seal on it. God damn it, Ian. <laughs> <laughs> Stop using common sense. No, it's it, there's, a, there's a lot that can go here, and once again, I just like that it's not a, a kill mission. <laughs> and it's something they can choose to ignore, be like, yeah, yeah, we'll help you. Classic. Classic. Wait, does what you have to do? Then why I hang around for all these centuries? See, the, <laughs> <laughs> he's like I just wasted ten thousand years. Um, the one thing that is interesting <laughs> to me is my time's turning to an end. How long you got? About a hundred years or so. What? <laughs> <laughs> the thing that interests me though is we don't know how the player characters are going to get this another quaddle to support them. Right? Are they going to end up using coercion? Because they're afraid of what might happen if the these these this plague of of shadows gets loose, so maybe they might use magic to coerce it or or bribe it, uh, or blackmail it or something like that or lie to it outright and use deception. So yep. yeah, I like this. I thought it was something interesting, um, and it's a creature that I don't think gets enough use. I don't think I've ever actually encountered one. No, nope. you? Nope. I don't know what the hell it is. <laughs> Alright, I think that'll do it for our encounter of the podcast. Ian, would you like to tell us about our magic item? Our magic item has been submitted by Del Cena. The Helm of the Vampire King. This oh, already sounds pretty really epic. Yeet. Yeah, it does. It is a wondrous, legendary item that requires attunement. It is a simple-looking iron helmet with a nose guard designed to look like an upside-down cross made of gold. It is actually highly polished brass that seems resistant to tarnishing, even in direct sunlight. While wearing the helmet, the wearer begins to hear a voice extolling the wearer's virtues and promising power. Once attained, the iron part of the helmet becomes darker 
with a blood spot upon the nose guard. That's not ominous at all, which is why <laughs> the item is cursed. <laughs> the wearing gains the wearer event on persuasion and deception, as well as athletic checks. And a plus two bonus to strength and charisma. It is worth noting it's a bonus, so that means it could go above the 20, mm-hmm. instead of being a fixed value. And this bonus is lost, and two levels of exhaustion are gained if the helmet is removed. Oh. If the wearer does not consume blood within 24 hours. Oh my god. And an additional level of exhaustion for every additional 24 hours without blood consumption. Once blood is consumed, all levels of exhaustion, including those not caused by the helmet, are removed. <laughs> ah, I feel like you could probably solve that problem, maybe by ordering your steak extra rare. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's soon to the helmet, the wearer also becomes suspicious of those closest to them. <laughs> oh my god. Prodded by the sinister voice in the helmet, and treats who also treats them with hostility. The only way to be truly safe is to be alone. Wah wah. The helmet cannot be removed until greater restoration oh or similar god. magic is performed. <laughs> I was just thinking, it's like, well, why don't you drink the blood and it's dust wear? I'll just take the helmet off until you need it again. Well, apparently you fucking can't. You can't. <laughs> Um, so this is really interesting. Uh, I don't do a lot with legendary or cursed items generally, but this is certainly something that I feel can lead to a great story, um, um, adventure hook or, or, um, something along those lines. It's definitely a little darker. If I think this makes a great, would have a great place in set in the, the, the Strahd Ravenloft campaign setting. Um, this feels like something that would be uh, really fit really well. You know what this reminds me of? What's that? You ever read uh, Diablo Legacy of Blood? Nope. No? Well, it was a good book. It's about cursed armor that was gold, but Bardock, the warlord, bathed in the blood of his enemies so often that it stained it to a blood red. And when he died, the armor was cursed in such a way that whoever puts it on, the armor controls them and they no longer have control over their body. Wow. And it tries to find the rest of the pieces of the armor to become complete again. That does kind of sound cool. I like that. We yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, this is a pretty straightforward item. Um, it de- Being able to exceed the, the 20 stat limit is a huge bonus. Yeah. We can't we can't <laughs> ignore that. Nope. But it's across two stats as well, not just one. And that makes a huge difference as well. Um, so being able to push your strength and your charisma beyond 20... Um, is uh, a huge, huge bonus and is worth the 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 penalties. I think is you... it really? Was it worth it? <laughs> Was it worth it? I don't know. <laughs> I want to give a huge thanks to uh, Dalcinia for submitting it. Mm-hmm. Our dungeon master tip of the podcast is progressive handicaps. So in Dungeons and Dragons, randomness is a huge part of the game. Always. So how come we don't exploit this more? So let's talk about a way to not only make a dungeon or area a bit more interesting, but also add new challenges that come out of nowhere. This is a great alternative for one-shops or multi-level dungeons. Uh, So as a dungeon master, you assign the conditions to a number or multiples on a dice via a table. Then, as the characters progress through a challenge, either a new level uh, of the dungeon or a new wave of enemies, they become affected by a chaotic magic that um, inflicts a random condition. Yeah. Thus, they must deal with the conditions first, before or while dealing with the rest of the encounters and challenges. This certainly isn't for everyone, I'm going to be honest, yep. but 
we encourage you to give it a try. Who knows? Maybe your players will love the challenge and their characters will die. Oh, or their characters will die. <laughs> Either way, it will be a night that will never be forgotten. It's and a I'll... fine difference between and and or. <laughs> Roll your conditions, Dungeon Master. I am not afraid. You are incapacitated. <laughs> um, so I, I thought about this. So I don't know if you've played Final Fantasy VII or Final Fantasy XIV, but in them they have one of them. They have a they, in Final Fantasy XIV they got a dungeon that you go through, and every time you go down a level, the monsters get stronger. But then a random effect is affecting that level of the dungeon, and it might be poison. It's constantly draining your hit points, and you have to get to the end before you die. <laughs> or uh, you run out of potions or whatever it is because it takes effect like every so often. There's a th- thickness in the dungeon. You can only see out to 15 feet away. You have disadvantage on all sight checks. Oh, God. So you can walk into a floor that's th- the entire floor is nothing but rough terrain. Yes. Fuck. But, th- but that's that the point, fun. right? So it's meant to be something that's more of a challenge. That's why I do state that it works best in one-shots. But maybe you design an entire dungeon uh, in the anime uh, Maggie. You know, they got the progressive <laughs> levels of dungeons where the difficulties get progressively harder till they get the grant, grant, meet the genie and can grant wishes and stuff. And this is something that would make yeah. sense if you flavored it as a result of uncontrollable magic or something similar like that. You know what I mean? Not just, oh, hey, you have this effect. Well, what's causing this effect? Um, there is something in this tower that is constantly changing and in, in, in altering the environment. I remember you think of the character as Simbad in that one. Where even, yes. like, even the last dungeon you went to said, Okay, man, you're too OP. No yeah. more dungeons for you. <laughs> you got too much loot. If you have not watched Maggie or not seen the uh, the pre- prequel with Sinbad, they are amazing if you like D&D. I promise you will like them. Yep. That was called Bajai. I don't know what I call it, Maggie. That's what they call it in Japanese, so that's what I call it when I was reading it. Uh, uh, I'm not sure I'd use the Japanese as a lexicon for how to pronounce English words, <laughs> given the English I've heard and stuff. And I don't know signs. that Maggie is an English word at all. It's not, but... I was going to say, so I don't know that it matters. But anyways, so uh, I recommend this because, first of all, it allows to the, a nice challenge and a bit of a surprise for something that's unpredictable. And isn't that what D&D's about? Yep. Yeah. And alternatively, you can supplement it with the Wild Sorcerer table if you want it. But I thought that was overdone. I thought conditions would be better. Like, you guys just go down a level and somebody falls asleep. <laughs> so, like, how's everyone? Let's do this. Like, so Let's that's really over. interesting to me. Um, and in Final Fantasy VII, they did it with the arena, right? They yeah. roll slots and the, the challenges get progressively more difficult. Majai. Um, Majai, Maggie, I don't give a Majai. fuck. Thanks, Silver, for being on my side. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Alright, that'll do it for our Dungeon Master tip. Our player tip of the podcast is... Don't, don't be a dick. dick! And you can avoid dis- You can avoid dickitude by becoming an inspiring leader and aid your allies. So, if you don't know, combining the second level adju- uh, aberration spell... Abjuration. Abjuration spell. Shut up. <laughs> aid with the inspiring leader feat will give any party a sizable cushion of hit points to play with. Perfect for our previous DM tip, right? Aye. Aid increases your hit point maximum, hit point maximum, and current hit points up to three creatures within 30 feet by five. So let's say, um, we'll st- well, so by five. So if the spell is cast at higher level, this bonus is increased by an additional 5 for each slot above 5th. 
that's a huge jump, if you think about it. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, the inspiring leader feat will additionally boost everyone's hit point by an amount equal to the user's level, plus their charisma modifier. We know what you're thinking. Temporary, temporary hit points don't stack. And you're right. Thankfully, a close reading of the aid reveals that the spell doesn't actually provide temporary hit points. So it's free to be used in tandem with other abilities that do. Yeah. That seems kind of broken. <laughs> <laughs> well, consider you can get it at, what, third level? Um, You can start casting second level spells, is that correct? Some, some um, so, really early on, uh, I mean, at level, at level three, your wizard at most has, what, um, 18 hit points, maybe? Something like that. I mean, unless they max out con, I guess. But, um, so being able to add a cushion of five on top of, at let's say you're the paladin at level three, um, plus your con, which is probably three or four, you're looking at enough hit points that's more than half what a wizard would start with. So that is a huge, <laughs> huge bonus. <laughs> so, uh, you're welcome. This <laughs> just makes you think of, um... Uh, like like the old fashioned cartoon, you see the scrawny guy, or like Popeye, and he eats the spinach. It's <laughs> <laughs> really big. <laughs> Did you, you watch? The, have you seen the? Uh, so I'm on a I'm on a stream called uh, uh, Initiative and Injury, and when when Brick uh, rages, he eats a can of spinach <laughs> and gets buff. It's great. Oh um, anyways, what do you guys think about this uh, this this uh, player tip? Uh, more health is good for party. <laughs> okay, man. A few words. This it. Yeah, it sounds good. Great for the players. And as a DM, you know you can uh, change things on the fly to make her hurt more. Yeah, but <laughs> what's cool about this is it really allows somebody that wants to play the support leader role of like the the charismatic paladin would work really works really really well with this because your focus is less on healing people in combat instead giving them a protect a boost in defensive capability at the beginning of combat or into combat. So uh, it's it really is great. Aid, if you don't use aid, you are missing out. Yeah. So uh, with that, I think that'll do it for our player tip of the podcast. Don't, don't be, be a, a dick. dick. And you can avoid dickitude by being an inspire, inspiring aiding leader. Before we close out today, as always, we have Fat Loot to give away prophecies as a narrative tool. Brandon, would you like to tell us a little bit about that? Have you ever wanted to be able to predict the future? Yes. Yes. We all have. Give me your lottery numbers. There's no winner. <laughs> I got it. I got it. <laughs> well, we can't help you with that, but Martin DeVico can offer the next best thing, a sound narrative for your games, which is most certainly not the next best thing. Or the one following that. Let's just say it's a good thing and leave it at that. Shall we? Yeah. yeah. So uh, I want to talk a little bit about this product. I really enjoyed reading through it um, for a, a number of different reasons. Um, but being able to uh, have a nice collection of prophecies, and I think on the show I've talked about uh, the ones that come in the uh, that come in the uh, uh, Path of Exile game. Uh, but this one actually sets it out much better. It lays it out specifically for D&D and is a powerful, powerful uh, resource for any dungeon master um, to use. Now, not everyone include, not everyone likes this stuff, and that's okay. Um, but I highly recommend uh, using, uh, giving it a, a quick glance over. Um, with that, who is our winner today, Brandon? Uh, our winner today is... 
Akumas Five. You didn't win, Big no deal. problem. <laughs> Head over to CritAcademy.com and subscribe for your chance to win. Last week, we ran a contest in the stream for a copy of Making Every Magic Item Usable by Ken Carcass. Congratulations to the winner, SilverWolf underscore X20A from Twitch. You Yay. win a free copy. If you enjoy the show and you want to support us, please head on over to CritAcademy.com, follow us on social media, and consider leaving us a review <laughs> on iTunes. If you don't know iTunes, <laughs> Wait, he's, what? In the, he's in the audience right now. Thank, yeah. uh, congratulations. Um, if you don't know, all the different podcast platforms use the core of iTunes. So even if you don't use iTunes, please consider leaving a review. It helps us a lot, and all the podcasters benefit from it. With that... I am your host, Justin. I'm your co-host, Ian. And I'm your co-host, Brandon. Thanks for listening. Keep your blades sharp and spells prepared, heroes. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.